0: Battle's not here, we fucking get it on point. That was amazing. I'm proud of us. <laughs> take a drink, boy. I, I was gonna say,
1: I don't know if they'll hear my like little icing. I don't think you're drinking milk. It,
2: it's
1: pink lemonade.
2: No, not you, Andre.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was I'm drinking a uh, iced milk. coffee. Mal Yeah. Milk. <laughs> cool. But hey, welcome back to the milk tank show. I am your host.
1: <laughs> the milk tank.
0: Milk table. Where six yeah.
1: milk millionaires Milky. try to milk you for all your product. <laughs> and guess what? Jeff Bezos coming out on top. Get on the
0: milk table. I am Andre Matthews. I'm Robert Cope. Here we go.
2: I'm K-Money, formerly known as Can Marie, formerly known as Chelly. <laughs> Hi. Oh. <laughs>
0: that was the best and who are we we all remember this time we are brothers of murder we cover true cases of color play music and then just talk about general tom foolery that happens involving these cases because it'd be some shit and uh this episode we are without battle because he's dealing with family matters we'll let him address it when he comes back but if you listen to this show, you probably have an idea.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but yeah, we are so happy for them. Now, this episode, it's all about uh, killer cops because they be killing. Some of this should be wild. I know that my case is pretty intense, so I think I want to start it off because I, I didn't know about this until I knew about it. And when I knew about it, I was like, why haven't I heard this before?
2: That's so weird you say that, because that's the exact same thing that happened to me this week.
0: I feel like there's a running theme with this show. It's like, why haven't we heard about this? All right, so now on the morning of September 4th, 2015, six days after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, members of the New Orleans Police Department responded to a call of an officer shot. Seven officers responded to this call. And at least four suspects were firing upon them. They fired back and killed two, saving the day. Turns out, though, that was a fucking lie.
3: City set the team.
0: Hop a whip and I'm out so my case is about the Danziger bridge shooting and the massive cover-up where police tried their hardest to hide the fact that they just felt like murdering people so they opened fire on a family killing two and injuring four more so now september 4th almost a week after hurricane katrina which was an awful <laughs> event that left a lot of people just homeless and it was people were in shattered after that so sergeant kenneth bowen sergeant robert jevious officer anthony vavillo and officer robert falcon are robbed to the bridge in a rental truck none of them were in uniform they were all armed with rifles, including AK-47s and at least one unauthorized M4 Caribbean rifle, which is kind of just a lighter combat rifle. We use M4s in the Army. They're just, like, shorter rifles for, like, close combat. Still an assault weapon. Now, the men got out of their truck, lined up on the bridge, and then started to open fire without any type of warning on the Bartholomew family. And a couple of friends who were like walking with them down a bridge. There has been like no rhyme or reason to why they did it. They just pulled up, started firing at them. And one minute, this family and their friends are walking to a grocery store to get rations and get food. Next minute, you know, they're all hiding behind concrete barriers as bullets fly over their head. Now, 17 year old James Brissett, who was a family friend, was one of the people killed. Uh, Four other civilians were wounded. And now, Susan Bartholomew, the mother of the family, she got her arm shot off and had to get it amputated. Her husband, Leonard, was shot in the back, head, and foot, and their teenage daughter, Alicia was shot four times. Another family friend named uh, Joseph Holmes was also shot in the abdomen, hand, and jaw. Now, Reynold and Lance, who were two other people who were just there, they, you know, when the shooting happened, they jumped off the bridge and fled. And they were hunted down by two of the officers in the unmarked state police vehicle. So they were using like (laughs) their work cars and shit. Wait, so just
1: quick time out. The original like cause for the interaction was they were trying to get uh, like there was no cause resources or what caused the interaction to
0: start. Well, this family they were crossing the bridge to go to the grocery store just to get you know things that they needed from the grocery store and the cops just pulled up in a rental truck got out Damn. and started shooting there was no interaction or conflict that happened they just pulled up and started shooting now and ran, they tracked down two more witnesses after well, that these were two people who were also they were shooting at and they ran off the bridge and they okay. yeah so they were just chased after they started running so, uh, Renard and Lance, uh, they fled off the bridge and then two police officers followed them. Uh, Falcone was one of the officers. He fired his shotgun from the back of the truck like he was a fucking, like he was hunting down an animal and shot Reynolds, who was a developing, uh, who was a me what the fuck? I can't talk right now. Developmentally disabled man who, uh, later died of injuries. He was shot a total of seven times five being in his stomach and sergeant kenneth also stepped on his back as he was like dying and trying to crawl away now lance was then taken into custody and charged with eight counts of attempting to kill police officers after fleeing from police officers who were trying to kill him and was held in custody for three weeks before being released without incident so now no weapons were recovered from the scene Both police and civilian witnesses testified that the victims had been unarmed. And it was also found out that some shots were heard while people were still hiding out. And, like, those shots weren't by police or the Bartholomew family. They were by other civilians who were just trying to bring attention that they needed help and alert someone. So you have police. You have people who are hiding from police shooting into the air to alert other rescuers that, like, something's happening and they need help. That's how fucked up the situation is so now the police told the story that they just came onto the bridge and the family started shooting at them first and then they returned fire even though that the family had no weapons whatsoever <laughs> so now homicide detective a dude named archie kaufman was made the lead investigator of the case He was later found guilty of conspiring with the defendants to conceal evidence to make the shooting appear justified, including fabricating information for his officer's report and the whole case. Now, the New Orleans Lieutenant Michael Lohman also encouraged officers to provide false stories about what happened and who shot who first. Just... To make it all seem right, he also tried to have them plant a firearm at the scene, which didn't work. Now, the officers involved You're in the shooting- they to hold that thin blue line. Yeah, no, to, to the, back the blue, you know, <laughs> even if they commit, like, a mass murder. Now, the officers involved in the shooting were all taken into custody on January 2nd, 2007. So, this happened in 2004. They were taken in 2007. And this timeline goes from 2008 to 2016 and a kind of breakdown of bullets and highlights of like what happened, because it's a lot of bullshit. Now, they were indicted for murder and attempted murder. JVS, Bowen, Villavez were all charged with third degree murder of the of Brissette, and Falcone was charged with first degree murder of Madison. Those officers and a couple other ones who were kind of just with the gang and a part of it were charged with attempted murder relating to the other four victims. Now, over the next nine years, it was just a series of just bullshit and tomfoolery. And I'll kind of break it down for you. So first, state charges against the officers were thrown out completely. Then, four officers were indicted on federal charges of murdering family. It was all the four initial gang, and then uh, the lawyers and everyone else involved were also charged for conspiracy. So, like at this point, this was in 2006. They're trying to break everyone in. Now, former officer Michael Hunter pleads guilty in federal court for covering up the police. Uh, Michael Hunter is sentenced to eight years in prison. A jury finds five officers guilty of civil rights and obstruction of charges. Two more officers were sentenced to uh, six and a half years in prison for their individual roles. A federal judge sentenced five former officers to prison terms ranging from like six years to 65 years for their shootings. But eventually... They all got reduced sentences and mainly just put on a, like probation for extended periods of time. So there were sentences at first, and then a lot of those cases got thrown out, or the sentences got shorted, or they just got probation.
1: So... Yeah, to keep in context, you have people who are sent to prison for 30 years for marijuana charges.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. And, these dudes, the justice system. and they it's were the
0: and they were originally put in there between six and sixty five years. And then after time, they all got like reduced. So now fast forward to December 19, 2016, which is my birthday, a settlement in a civil lawsuit was announced by the city. New Orleans Mayor Mitch uh, Leonard announced that a settlement agreement between the city and the families would, you know, take place to give some sort of like reimbursement to them. Uh, the settlement included payments of the families of victims who were killed or injured in the shooting. Uh, one of those deaths being uh, Raymond, who was a 48-year-old man who was killed before. So, before this actual incident happened, someone else was killed by police. His name was Raymond, who was 48. He was shot by police right before the storm, and then someone else named Henry Glover was killed by police after the storm around the same time, two in front of a shopping center. So, those two people were also given settlements in this whole couple-week-long period where cops are just killing people
1: in New Orleans for no apparent reason. I would say, yeah, it's like emergency situation, so they just have cart blanche to do whatever they want. Yeah, they were just going free reign. And, you know, I don't have any, like, negative feelings towards those families who are like, well, of course I'm going to try to get a settlement out of this, because, you know, it's not... Obviously, it's not going to bring my family member back, but... It, like any bit of revenge I can get against the like organization that did this, especially when you only gave like the perpetrators like two months. Yeah.
0: Maybe. I also want to add in that uh, the four of the police officers they got reduced sentences based on uh, basically they blamed the jury They said that the jury would have bias. Oh, really? In the initial trials, and that's why the judge gave them the reduced sentences after they were initially Jeez. charged. So yeah, so in this time period, everyone who was killed by police were reimbursed in 2016, which is years after the actual incident happened. So it was like, it took you this long to get uh, just a bit of recognition that for, for your own state to be like, hey, yeah, this was fucked up. Sorry about that.
1: Well, and it makes you wonder what was happening like during the storm, like when like no cameras were out, no other witnesses were around, like but, what yeah. people could have gotten
0: away with. If a group of people were bold enough to gun down a family on a bridge right after the storm, I bet there was a whole bunch of shit happening during the storm. Everyone talks oh, about, yeah. they all want to talk about the looting and shit like that, but then you have incidences of police murdering people that you don't, you just don't hear about. They just brush that under a rug. So people just really need to understand that when we talk about police reform and shit like that, we talk about it for a reason because this isn't just like new things that are happening this is just been happening throughout american history throughout like time it happens all the time and we just don't know about it because it gets pressed under the rug i didn't know about this till i i seen it on reddit and i was like what the fuck
1: why is why is the first time i'm hearing about a bridge shooting
0: I mean, honestly,
1: shout out to those, like, crazy long internet forums that are just like, here's this little obscure case you never heard about, but here's the police oh. report and all the crime scene photos. Yeah, like, his, oh his, here's God, all the tea. He's like, I'm not ready. It's too early for this.
0: But yeah, that's my case. Yeah, I take all the receipts. <laughs> that's my case. It's fucked up. And,
1: uh... Yeah, that's rough. When you were, uh, going through that case, like, one thing that popped into my mind was, uh... You know and those people that like died after getting medical attention like how scary it is it for like those like families of color who already fear like the medical establishment and the police establishment to get like just handed from one to the other and to die on both sides of it and like no repercussions realistically
0: it what boggles my mind is just the fact that like thinking that you got people who are fleeing from their lives, and then you see, like, a dude in the back of a truck with a shotgun yeah. trying to mow people down. An unmarked car. Yeah, an unmarked car. Not the first time we've yeah. seen people taken away by police in unmarked vehicles.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: well that was my case. And I hope you didn't enjoy it, <laughs> because... I was going to say,
1: yeah, please don't enjoy this. <laughs> and now, a message from our
4: sponsor. At Parker, our purpose is simple.
0: K R R Kelly K. Kelly?
3: K-,
2: K- yep. K- Alright. K- so the case that I decided to cover was um, Christopher Dorner. Since it's kind of gotten a little bit of attention again. Um, and actually, yeah, so I hadn't I hadn't actually heard of it until recently. Or I guess I had, but it didn't really click until but so I have three different parts. The build up basically to like the main incidents was he was a cop with the LAPD and he got let go after being accused of lying about an incident that happened with a, a higher up of his. More
0: cop lies. How convenient. <laughs> yeah
2: Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> but um, so what happened? The initial incident that kind of set everything in motion was he reported his training officer, for abusing a mentally handicapped man and said that the man was restrained and kicked in the head and repeatedly all over his body. So, he... So,
0: another mentally disabled man being abused by police. Yes. The parallels are insane.
2: Oh, and we're just getting started. Um, there's a lot more. Um, so, yes. So, that was, like, the initial thing. Although, there is some... I don't know, like issue with it just because he was he had reported her and then had in turn been tried for in like within the system for lying about it because she said it didn't happen and all the other cops that were party to like being there said that it didn't happen so he got tagged for lying and then the issue was that she had she had done something where he like or she had she had reported him as like being a subpar cop And so after he got his training back and she had said something about it, that's when he reported the incident, which was two weeks after he claimed that it happened. So as much as, uh, so we like, I just felt like that was needed to be included. But, um, but yeah, I, the man who was kicked also came back and said later that he, that it did happen to him. And his father also said that it happened like at the time. And he had been medically treated for, in, like, injuries to his face. And uh, his training officer had said a lot of things about him, particularly, particularly in an interview. She had basically said that he did mediocre police work and found racism in, in every interaction, and then went on to characterize him as an angry black man, because, of course, she did mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah, with everything that happened, he was brought before a grievance committee for filing a false report. He then later lost his job with the police force and then I think what happened is he like then went back to the Navy reserves for a while and then after he either left or was dropped from the Navy reserves that's when he um I guess you know got kind of worked up and he the this is when like the main incidents happened so all of that happened in like 2007-2008 in 2013 he um is when he went on his main... He ended up... He was, like, a spree killer. So that's what it all kind of, um... Coalesced to... What bubbled up after, like, a few years. Yeah, exactly. So on February 3rd in Irvine, California, he shoots a woman named Monica Kwan and her fiancé, Keith Lawrence. So Monica was the 28-year-old daughter of Randall Kwan, who was the... Had been a former LAPD, um... I think just like a regular cop but was had turned into like a lawyer for disgraced cops basically he would represent cops who were being tried at a board so when um dorner had gone before the grievance committee randall had been the one who had represented him so that was kind of his motivation for killing her and her fiance and then february 6th he posts this long manifesto to facebook and, um, and it went through a whole bunch. It was like 11,000 words, basically outlining why he was doing what he was doing, um, who his intended victims were. And there were 40 plus names on that list. And then, like, Sheesh. kind of, a bu- yeah, a bunch of other things. Some weren't like super related, but it was more like things like um, talking about how he was going to miss seeing the Hangover 3 and things like that. But um yeah it was it was it was oh, very
1: much rem- I I remember that coming out in the news that the Hangover series got a shout out in his manifesto.
2: Yeah, it it was it's so strange. Quite the uh piece of literature. Wasn't even
1: a good franchise.
2: <laughs> but he did talk a lot. Yeah. He did talk a lot about um like the rampart and the Rodney King beatings and like part included that in saying how the LAPD hadn't changed and he was hoping that what he was about to embark on would bring about reform in, within the LAPD. So, and then next, he after, after he posted that and then he had already killed those two people, he tries to charter a yacht to Mexico and ends up holding up a man at gunpoint but then, um, kind of...
0: Wait, did he, like, legally go about trying to get a yacht, or did he try to like, just steal a yacht?
2: So, I think initially he tried to go about it legally, and then when he couldn't, he, um, tried to, like, commandeer this man's boat. But what happened was, um, from what I read, like, you know how you, like, when you unhook the boat from the dock, and you have to throw the rope onto the, the um, front of the ship? He threw it into yeah, the water. The Caribbean. And it got oh. all caught up. Yeah. Yeah, so he couldn't he couldn't oh. leave. He
0: wasn't a boating bitch. See, boating bitch. I was gonna it. say I
1: don't,
0: I, don't, I don't fuck with boats. I oh yeah I, have no, no. I have, yeah, I would have no idea. <laughs> I
1: don't know where the <laughs> goes.
0: <laughs> I just learned what barnacles were like a week ago.
2: <laughs> I don't know what they are. They, they create an drag.
0: That's why it's, it's it's like a calcium buildup. It's like a buildup of shit. You just gotta like scoop it off because it creates drag. Oh, I,
2: so I thought they were animals. Much... I I also thought like they mollusks. Were
1: animals, so I'm, I'm I'm learning too. I don't know. I could be wrong. I saw it on Facebook and Facebook lies. So all the Mollusk fans are really gonna be upset about this. We'll do an update
2: next next episode just to you know
1: Yeah, an an amendment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So yes. So then on February seventh, in the very early morning hours, Dorner drives by a gas station and a guy somebody who like is familiar with what's happening, sees his car and reports it. And so like cops had just been passing by afterwards. The guy reports it to the cops and they go and follow him. But he ends up shooting out the car so that it's disabled. And then like, I think he did injure one of the cops in the car, but like, I don't believe seriously. And then it was like a lot of things happened on February 7th. So then not long after that, he ends up stopping at a red light. So I would imagine he's probably in, like, say, the right lane. There's a car next to him in the left lane, and then next to that car is another cop car. What ends up happening is he he's in a big pickup truck. I think they said a Titan. He ends up shooting over top of the cab car into the police car, killing the cop in the passenger seat. His name was Michael Crane, and then injuring the cop who was driving. His name is... Um, Andrew Tychus and then drives off he, without um, injuring the cabbie or the cab car at all. And then.
0: That poor cab driver like, what the. Oh fuck? yeah.
2: Yeah. There was like a little bit of a story about him in one of the articles I read where it said basically he like, he had to go around and like, because the, the car, cop who was driving ended up being like paralyzed, had to like go in and mm. like, Pull the brake on the car and stuff because it was just rolling into the intersection. Good for him. Yeah, that guy was very um, freaked out by all accounts. Yeah, it's funny too because he went back later and had tried to find out about the cop afterwards, and they wouldn't let him in or like let him know anything. Anyway, a few hours after, like in the like I'd say probably about I think they said like five a.m. Um, they had police surveillance on the officer's house, who had re- like he had reported years prior. Two different civilian vehicles that drove by had been shot at by police. Two different pickup trucks, and they ended up injuring two women um, delivering the newspaper. Jesus Christ! Um, and ended up having to give out, I think, a, a multi-million-dollar settlement to those two women because yeah, they they trashed yeah. that car. They put in like they shot a hundred rounds at the vehicle. Shit Um yeah. They, yeah
1: That's multiple magazines for sure
2: Yeah The, the so there's two women It was a mother and daughter And the mother 71 year old woman Ended up getting shot like Through the back And it came out like her collarbone Like near okay. I think Ooh. she ended up being a, Like well, she lived I wouldn't say okay Because I can't imagine What kind yeah. of damage That would do to an old lady But Yeah And I don't think Anyone was uh Discipline for that, because you know, you just shoot at random civilians—no big deal.
0: Yeah, I get you guys. You, immunity. Yeah, I get you guys. Just went through something, but you should at least write down license plate number. Like, make sure, like, verify the car you're about to hit is the right one.
2: It wasn't even the same color or make or model. Oh, so Dorner was driving like, a gray um, Titan, and these mm-hmm. two women were driving a blue Tacoma. As far as okay. I know. So it's like, yeah, it's not not even like a similar car. I mean, they're yeah,
0: both what, pickups, what that's what about it. What happened here, guys? Yeah, I, I yeah. It's, so. Give them any money. Run them a
2: check. Well, and one of the yeah. neighbors who heard the whole thing even came out and was like, how do you mistake two Hispanic women for a big black man? I don't, like, <laughs> uh, what do you, <laughs> make, do you get make, that make from? Make sense. I
1: mean, I've never made that mistake, <laughs> but. but I guess I'm, I don't do their job. No, <laughs> couldn't be me.
2: Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, after that happened, it's all the same day. It was a very long day. Um, so, I guess Dorner's, he drove out to like the San Bernardino Mountains and um, was at Big Bear Lake and ended up, his truck got caught in the snow. So, he basically abandoned it and then set it on fire. And, um,. They found it not too long after, and that's, like... And then he, like, I guess disappeared for, say, like, six days where they were trying to track him on the mountain. He ended up breaking into one cabin, and then the, like, the people who owned it because it was a rental cabin ended up finding him. He tied them up and then just... But left them unharmed. And then went out and, like, found another cabin. And then the, this is, like... I guess where it kind of culminates to, like, the biggest event of all. But he, yeah, he ended up taking the car, that couple's car, and then driving out. They reported him, and the cops followed that, ended up catching up to that car eventually. And they followed him to a new cabin. There was a shootout and everything, and he ended up killing one more officer named Jeremiah McKay and injuring another officer and, and after, like, they kind of got them out of there, after, like, they'd been sitting for a while, they just threw those little, like, canisters in there and caught the house on fire. And eventually his remains were found inside with a single gunshot wound. So, that was all the big stuff. Dave Chappelle actually even talked about it in his comedy show that he did last year.
0: Was that the one before he got canceled or the one after? Uh. Yes.
2: Oh, I guess so. it was the one It was. 846, but he basically said, or how he related it to like, because everyone was talking about it after the death of George Floyd. He's like, we saw ourselves like you see yourself as far as like yeah. all the protests relating to like how they went so hard in the manhunt trying to find Christopher Dorner. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Well, and also ended up essentially burning him alive. Yeah. They threw, every it was like a smoke bomb or a flashbang or something into this house. The house caught fire. But yeah, now, they're specifically
2: and, called burners because they would catch things on fire.
1: Yeah, no,
0: they they will burn the shit out of you. So, fun story. Again, I'm in the uh, military. It was like last year, we were doing an exercise. And after we do our, like, shooting and shit like that, you pick up everything, and, you know, you clean up. Now, my one friend picked up a flashbang that he thought was, like, dunnage like he thought it was done he would throw it in his pocket you when he threw it in his cargo pocket the fucking spoon the cliff came off and it went off in his pocket he had third degree burns on his Yikes. entire right leg like that shit uh, yeah it will it will torch something <laughs> uh quickly
1: but you know we're again we're talking about like this case of Dorners you know they you know Kill, or they shot. They didn't kill. They shot at multiple people trying to apprehend Dorner in yeah. the wrong kind of car. Mm-hmm. They tracked him to this remote cabin. They knew exactly where it was. And instead of like you know bringing in interrogators and all these other, options to talk they had, down. Yeah. they used devices that were unsafe for the scenario and burned him alive. Mm-hmm. But then you have people who just committed a mass shooting, and they can roll up and apprehend peacefully. You
2: know, oh, yeah, they didn't want to take Donor alive.
1: Yeah, no, they no, were. Exactly. Yeah. It was retribution.
2: Yeah, and. The
1: way they apply their force is a reflection of their biases. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and the thing, too, like, I mean, not that there's any, it makes a difference, but, like, what just kills me even more about the two women that they shot at, they were delivering newspapers. Like, they were just doing their oh. job, you know? Right. Like, you can't, you can't even do a little bit of, like, fucking, aw- like, have any kind of awareness before you just, like, go guns blazing.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, it, and I guess none of this is to, like, excuse Dorner's actions. Yeah, but like, no. I was going to yeah. say, like, no one's... He, at, he, he's a murderer, and I want him tried, and I want him imprisoned.
0: Yeah, like, For no one's justifying yeah. cops being killed, because no one should be no, not murdered. Not. No, absolutely should be killed. Yeah, no. But, you know, cops are also not supposed to kill guilty people either. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, not really Hurt. our job it's like...
1: Yeah. They are not executioners. That is not part of the profession. But, uh, so kind of segueing from your guys' two stories, uh, we're talking about killer cops. Yes. In general, that term is used for cops who, you know, commit a murder instead of just a killing. Yes. Or like, uh, an incidental death. Um, so, so far in the year 2020 that we are in, so these statistics are coming from mapping policeviolence.org. Um, you can also go to uh, Washington Post. They have their own police violence database that they're compiling. Um, theirs is a little uh, less uh, advanced, in my opinion. I don't know. MappingPoliceViolence.org, according to them, so far 365 or 367 people have died at the hands of police in 2020. So even if miraculously all 367 of those people were guilty of a capital offense, All of those police did not have the right to kill those people. Exactly. You know, miraculously, if all 367 of them drew weapons and were firing at the police, and the police just barely had enough time to, like, shoot them and save their own lives, of those 367%, 28% of them were black people, despite only being 13% of the population. So not only is this, you know, an unrealistic representation of demographics, it's also just continuing this history that we've talked about for, you know, you know, years and years at this point. The police use unjustified force, just like they did with Dorner, against black people in all of our communities across the entire nation. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, the heat map they have for mapping police violence, it's like coast to coast. You know, of course it's, like, hotter in, you know, uh, major cities, but that's just, you know, population Uh, density.
0: That, you know, poverty.
1: Right. So, in kind of preparation of this episode, I was watching a a kind of roundtable discussion they did with a bunch of cops that was talking about police violence. And one of the questions that they asked was, "'I feel attacked by the phrase, "'We should defund the police.'" And, like, all but one of the cops was like, yeah, you know, this... Or I think uh, there were two of them who were very far left on the police political spectrum, for sure. You know, they're clearly responding to calls that they're not capable of handling. Um, If there are additional resources that they need, they need to be... We need to be taking the funding away from certain areas and into other areas. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest issues for people who have extreme mental illnesses are interactions with the police. You know, because say you are working in a fast food restaurant and you have a homeless man who comes in and who's having, you know, a bipolar or schizophrenic episode and you call 911, the people they're going to deploy are the police. And the chances of, you know, this homeless person, I don't know, drawing a knife or, you know, throwing something at the police and making them fearful for their life is there. And that just becomes another statistic. And that cop who, you know... I'm sure feels very bad about killing this homeless person in this, you know, made up scenario, you know, they don't make it onto the list of killer cops, you know, cause they were just, you know, doing their job. And I think even the cops in the video I was just kind of talking about recognize that they are not equipped to deal with all the cases that they have, you know, that we're applying them to too many instances. Um, So there are a few cities that are working to employ social workers instead of cops, um, which is awesome and is a great way to, you know, hashtag defund the police without, you know, firing all cops because, you know, that's not a realistic uh, approach to reorganizing our justice system. Um, Something we haven't talked yet about as far as it comes to police accountability uh, is also body cams. So, most major cities require body cameras now, but uh, the big difference between city to city is how those cameras are uh, regulated through policy. Um, So, if you want to, if you live in a major city and you want to check out how the policies in your city are scored, uh, please check out bwscorecard.org, which is Uh, BWC is body-worn camera. That's the abbreviation that the industry uses. Um, But essentially, the kind of areas that they rate body-worn camera policies on is if the policy is available to the public, if the officer has discretion to turn it off. So this is kind of an important one. Most policies allow officers to turn off their body-worn camera. The justification for this is, you know, if you're responding to, like... Uh, you know, someone who's in a compromising position, like someone who just fleed a rape and is naked, Um, you know, they might feel the need to not capture those images or something like that. Um, Personal privacy uh, is another area where they uh, grade these on, which uh, essentially is, do they blur faces? Do they redact names? That kind of thing. Um, Officer review officers review the footage within their own department. Uh, footage retention, how long uh, non-flagged footage is kept. So if an officer has a negative altercation with someone uh, and it's not immediately flagged after a certain period, it's deleted just automatically to save space. So if you you know report an incident that happened a few years ago, that body cam footage might not even be there anymore. The what protections they have for footage misuse, so that goes into the cases you hear about police departments deleting footage or uh, losing footage. Um, footage access, does the public have access to the footage? Um, which, you know, is pretty plain. Uh, and then biometric use, which is just how do we verify who has the camera, who has access to the cameras? Uh, using like thumbprints or facial recognition, that kind of stuff. Um, So this is an awesome resource. I think it is up-to-date-ish. Last time it was updated was 2017, because a lot of these things come out slowly, especially across so many cities. Um, But you can always go to your police department's website. They pretty much all have websites, and if they do use body cameras, just see if the policy's available, because that's the easiest way to start reviewing the process in your own community is... Either, you know, get attention to your local community organizers. That hey, we don't have access to this information yet. We don't even know what their policies are, or if the policies are available. You know, are they up to our community standards? Because you know, it's going to be different city to city. I think a small town
0: is going to handle that a lot
1: differently than like a big city. Totally differently. And, uh, I even just like, you know, I'm here in St. Louis, I understand that the police department here can't possibly retain every single hour of footage that they shoot across all of their officers. Yeah. Uh, so I understand that some footage needs to be deleted, but I still want to know what the process of determining what gets deleted is. So check out the body worn camera scorecard for your city. Very important. And also, uh... Keep an eye on the mapping policeviolence.org just to see as the year continues. A lot of people are killed by the police. Um, We just don't hear about it. (laughs) And tons of these cases end up getting justified by the police officers or by the organization or by lawyers. Um, And these people who... Who knows? They had warrants out. They were in the middle of committing a crime. But they still didn't deserve to die. Um, And... To kind of just keep in mind, the, uh, policing is a very dangerous job, obviously, but when it comes to the United States, it is not the most dangerous job. It is not even in the top 20 most dangerous jobs. You know, that is, like, sanitation workers, that's farmers, you know, construction workers. I have the utmost respect for the people who are trying to help their community, but I think, uh... We have to be mindful of the reality of how dangerous most cops' jobs are. Yeah. But we'll have all those links for you in the, uh, show notes. But, hey,
0: also, uh, something else I want to do when it comes to, like, closing out the show is highlight an organization that fits the theme of the episode. And, uh, along with Roberts that he just listed out, the we, uh, Map Cops. there's another one that I was looking up recently that's called, uh, we Cop Watch. <laughs> similar it's really similar to the uh, mapping police but basically it's an organization dedicated to educating the public on their rights when it comes to being stopped by police and the organization also pushes community efforts that shift away from policing which includes counseling and things like that and uh they focus on nine violent observations of the police to ensure that they don't abuse their powers and they also educate citizens on like patterns of the past that shows like the history of abuse and you know how to best ways to mitigate that. And they also work to de-escalate issues they see on the streets. So we watch cops, you should check out that organization.
1: They're pretty dope. Yeah imagine if we didn't have footage of George Floyd and okay. Chopin. Exactly. We wouldn't be <laughs> we wouldn't be where we are now.
0: Which ain't that better, but still but hey I think it was a solid case solid cases thank you robert for the information and like you said we'll have all those in the show notes uh that'll be back soon <laughs> so he'll be able to tell you all about uh why he had to go uh check out the patreon for exclusive videos and content stuff so like that checking the social medias kelly do you have anything to plug Don't. roberto I got nothing. I'm... All right. Yeah, I got nothing either. Check out for our next episode all about barnacles. <laughs> Enjoy the music and... Uh... <laughs> Barnacle episode. <laughs> uh, later, skaters.
3: <laughs> Nothing out there could ever stop me From chasing after the way you la, la 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 love me Keeping me up two cups of coffee Baby, you make me feel so la-la-la-la